Don't ruin the Disney magic for a second. I'm sorry. Ten toes down, boys. We're in for a good one. <laughs> well said. Hi, my friends, it's Social Q&A Live. That's an epically hard to pronounce name. It is. And then dive into your questions around dating. This matcha is fucking good. Social dynamics, relationships. That's like a shot of a dick. Yo, what's good, my friends? It's Adam here, and welcome to the Social Q&A Live audio strip which comes straight from the YouTube live streams, which you guys can check out every, well, I shouldn't say every, most Fridays over on YouTube at The Bowl. You guys got questions on dating, social dynamics, or relationships, anything in the world of human interaction, I got you covered. Now, if you would like to receive a quick sip of social dynamics each and every Friday, well, I got you covered there as well. Every Friday, I hit that Bowl Sip weekly email newsletter, which just goes out to my hardcores and I include anything in the world of social dynamics that I feel like you guys need to know a little bit more about, a whole bunch of exclusives, insights, things that I'm dealing with in in, in this world, in this world of 10,000 things, cool shit, training, nutrition, uh, music, updates, the resources of wisdom. Y- you don't want to be missing out on this free piece of content. So, bodoja.com, put your email in and you'll receive a confirmation email in your inbox. Hit yes on that. If you haven't received it, just check your spam or your junk folder or promotions in Gmail should be there 3 20 p.m every single friday and of course this episode is brought to you by bulldojo.com where you guys can pick up my ebook the crash course to kick ass day game just get your day game sorted it's a quick action guide to get you out there to act as your reference your guide your mentor it is not meant to be used as an armchair theorizer you are meant to go out there and complete a 30-day challenge in tandem with it and it's just going to help you to progress much further also, by the way, if you do purchase the ebook, make sure you check your inbox within 24 hours afterwards because I pretty much personally message everyone who gets the toolbox with a few extra tips. Next up is the one-on-one Skype coaching. If you want to go a level deeper, this is where we can work on your limiting beliefs, create action plans in your life to get you moving forward, whether it be within dating, physical, mental, purpose, whatever side of the temple you want to angle off of me with, I'm going to be there to help you. Of course, there are the deeper level packages, which is what I refer to as the bowl inside. For my clients that are on the bowl inside, they get access to two things that outsiders don't, which is number one, priority messaging. Within 24 hours, you can message me on WhatsApp and I'm gonna respond to you outside of Australian weekends through my private number. Also, priority session booking. So you're not gonna be worried about having to book your sessions in and have to wait for like two to four weeks. People on the bowl inside get top priority. So with those two extra perks, you gotta be on a package. So all you have to do is hit up boldojo.com. You can see that in the Skype coaching section. There's more details there and we can work out what's gonna suit you best. And taking you to the deepest level of all, the Day Game Foundations Boot Camps. This is for those of you that are looking to take control of your lives, to achieve the freedom of choice in your dating life, to be able to see and attract a beautiful woman anywhere you are and know that you have the confidence to handle that interaction from open qualification investment, close, bring the best of your 50 and just really bust through all the things that have been holding you back sexually or socially speaking. As of recording this, we're currently in February right now. There's a couple good months left in Australia. So if you're around the world, if you're in Australia, hit up me up for inquiries within Australia. Otherwise, you got June, July, August, the uh, other side of the world, summer. We're currently scheduling and planning for that. So if you'd like me to come to your city, whether it be in London, New York, uh, potentially Canada, you know, anywhere around Europe or the US, just send me a message at bulldojo.com in the bootcamp section and we can dive a little bit deeper into that and get more information on it. But please, serious inquiries only. 
And please know that I don't just take absolutely anyone. I will grill you. I will vet you to make sure that you are in the right mental place to undertake what goes on in these boot camps. Now, with all that being said, if you guys would like to support this channel, support this podcast and just keep it going, you can donate anything that you wish through the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I, just my full name. Or you can also donate directly through the website, which is just bodojo.com. And in the podcast section at the top, there's a donate, which just goes straight through the website as if you were to, you know, get an ebook or guest carb coaching. So you can donate directly through there as well. And anything that you guys do donate is extremely appreciated and just goes back to everything that I do here at The Bowl. So thank you very much to all of you. And with all the formalities out of the way, let's dive straight into this podcast. Social Q&A, baby. Let's go. I'm not going to mention the guy's name, of course. I'm not that ruthless. And uh, I'm not going to mention her name. But this is the exact message. I'm reading it straight off my screen here that a sugar daddy sent to a uh, one of the girls I know. So here's what he says. It's too good. <laughs> it's just too good. I'm so excited about reading this. <laughs> Gonna steady the ship. Okay. Hope you don't take offense to this. First off, you are absolutely gorgeous. And that's why I'm reaching out. Exclamation mark. I wanted to see if you'd be interested in a friends with benefits, in quotes, with benefits, in quotes, sugar daddy arrangement. Something 100% discreet and private, in brackets, just like my profile, wink face, in brackets. I'm not your typical 60-year-old sugar daddy. I'm 35 and have done something like this on and off and off, off and on, for the past two years. Let me know if you're interested and I can send pics and we can discuss more. I'm in X city. So as long as you're in X city, this works very well. <laughs> oh shit! I just I couldn't take it seriously. I like I can't read a message like this in my regular voice, in my serious podcast voice. Because I just like, I had to take that that seedy, slightly British, too much money in his pants type voice. So that that right there, my friends, was a legitimate legitimate message that a sugar daddy sent to a girl that I know and it's it's unbelievable it's absolutely unbelievable hold up for just a second here because we're getting this live stream going Jay Prime's up in this live stream saying yeah what's good Adam hope you're good Jay uh hope you're still crushing on your 30 day challenge with your brother hope you guys are doing well and uh, good followers of this channel so anyways hopping back on the uh on what we're going on here so this is this is real shit this is real shit that's not a made-up message. What the? F- oh, I can hear something exploding. It's my water. That's what it is. Like the mineralization. Okay. Anyway, so my friends, we're gonna settle ourselves here. That's a real message. And for those of you that don't know, uh, I guess we should start this podcast here, which is that the world of sugar daddies and sugar babies is not new. It's not. It's not something that has just popped up in the last couple of years. This has been going on for a long time. The thumbnail of this podcast is a picture of Hugh Hefner with the uh, Playboy Bunnies and that whole arrangement that was going on there. They had a TV show about it when I was a kid. So it's been going on for quite some time. It's just that now with the, with the social media, it's, it's taken on its own little, its own little thing. It's, it's taken on a different world. And I, 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 I'm, I'm struggling with where I would actually... Cause I guess the main thing you guys want to know about is this: is this actually a viable option? Is this something I recommend? Is this? It's but but there's so many stories. 
Okay, I'll give you guys some tactics to begin with, and then we'll hear some stories. If you're thinking about this, you're thinking about this guy. Let's take it from this perspective. Think about you're this guy. This guy is in a position in life where he's decided, whether it be consciously or subconsciously, that as a result of the deck he was dealt, that I'm not good enough to be able to attract a woman based on my own natural charisma, my own natural skill set, socially speaking. He's made this decision, whether consciously or unconsciously. And so he's chosen the only other option that we know of to be able to, as men, bring a high quality, high, highly attractive woman into our life, which is, well, we're going to use our resources. So it's either, you can look at it two ways. We're either going to use our external resources to bring an attractive woman in, or we're going to use our internal resources to bring an attractive woman in. Now, I think most of you understand where I'm coming at. Uh, where I, how I approach this and what I recommend to my clients and the whole journey that I've gone down. Never for once, never for one moment did I think that the external modality of using my external resources to bring a woman in would ever be a wholesome, true path for me to walk. And I, I knew that from a, from a very young age. And I was very tempted then to say that I was well-adjusted. I was well-adjusted from a young age to know that that's probably not a good way of going about it. That there's that path is obviously wrought with with a lot of psychological pain. There's obviously a lot of pain in that. You know, some some guys might look at the life of a sugar daddy and go, well, "That looks pretty cool, actually." So so this is what it is. You you hit up these professional hot girls. They, some of them are professional hot girls, and in this story, in this case, this girl's not a professional hot girl. She's not a stripper. She's not a fitness model. She's not an escort. She's not. She's not on, she's not in the life of a girl who's on the payroll. So so but but also but there's that. So there's that option, there's there's that half, but there's also the half of which that we need to talk about this as well. When we get to the sugar baby side of it, when you think about why would a girl decide to do this, but there's so many tangents, I gotta pull this back. I gotta pull this back. It's internal versus external resources. This is just one thing that I knew coming up that for me this was never gonna be a thing because of the psychological pain caused. And that the psychological pain, whether addressed consciously, it's always going to be there subconsciously for sure. So you look at this guy, you look at this message that he sent her. This guy is experiencing a lot of psychological pain. So I do feel for him. As ridiculous as his message is, as how silly it seems, it's obviously a path in life that he's decided, well, fuck it. The other path is too difficult. Now, there's obviously one little caveat. Or there's one thing I like to just... Just, just I like to throw, I throw a bone. I like to throw a bone to these sugar daddy guys, which is that there is definitely the possibility that based on his upbringing, based on what he was told in life, maybe he was a rich boy from the get, and this is just all he's known. Maybe his father was a sugar daddy, and he's been indoctrinated into the life of sugar daddiness, and like his, he never had a true wholesome mother around, and that his mother figure was always some 20-year-old Vietnamese chick uh, with the long nails, with the long eyelashes, with the fake tits and the fake ass and the pursed up lips. And that was his mother figure because, you know, maybe his mother passed away or maybe she just wasn't there or absent for whatever the reason might be. She wasn't able to take care of him. So he was in custody with his father and his father was a sugar daddy. And so he was just, that's the life he's grown up through. I want to throw some empathy there that I understand that there's definitely the possibility of that. And there's also the possibility that he might just not have been introduced to the line, the path of social dynamics, 
of being able to work on yourself and being able to cultivate your internal resources. And that's your way. That's your way of being able to approach a highly attractive woman and be able to show her that you are this well put together masculine energy and that's what's going to be the attracting, moving, driving factor for her. Maybe he just hasn't been exposed to that line of thinking. Shit, a lot of people haven't. I told you guys about, I was, uh, I, gave a se- I gave a seminar on a plane recently, <laughs> uh, albeit to only five people, but it was still a seminar for sure. It went for like a whole hour. And the gentleman that it was primarily focused around who was sitting next to me was a young 25-year-old geophysical, geophysical surveyor of uh, Southeast Asian descent. And he, he didn't even know about, well, he knew the concept of pickup, but he didn't understand the concept of the much deeper foundation that I espouse to you guys, of being a direct, congruent, authentic man, of bringing the very best of your 50 and learning in this life to derive your fulfillment from an internal place. These things, he, it was blowing his mind. By the end of the flight, when you know, like when the plane touches down and we're all getting ready to, to hop off, he, he had a very nice quiet moment to himself after this little seminar and says to me, that was some deep shit. And I could see like, if you guys have ever been around when a light bulb fizzles out or when a light bulb overheats and you hear that little, it's like a, and you just see the little, it's a little fizzle that goes out in a light bulb when a light bulb is done. That was his brain. That was his mind after being exposed to these deeper level concepts and principles that I talk about. And so it's very reasonable that someone who, just like this guy, this sugar daddy that sent this message to this girl, it's very reasonable. We shouldn't be so hard on him without knowing his life story is what I'm saying. There are for sure, Adam, you've been a bit reasonable here. You probably, I'll probably be too reasonable here. There is obviously the, obvious, the other side as well. And the other side is guys that have made the conscious decision to become sugar daddies. They go, well, fuck it. They probably haven't even, like, they would scoff. They would scoff at the idea of working on yourself, improving yourself, and that's how you're going to attract a woman into your life. Now, that's just laughable. Absolutely laughable. Get the fuck out of here, Jeffrey. But it makes every sense that if if I'm on the dollar, if I'm on the dollar tit, Right? My mum and dad are giving me oh, 10k in the bank a day, 10k in the bank a week, and that's my play money, and I don't have to work. Right? You remember, you're one of those rich new Asians, the new, the new rich Asians. They made a whole movie about them called Crazy Rich Asians. But there's this, there's this, uh, there's this brand of generational Asians coming out of places like Hong Kong, uh, places like Singapore. A career, right? And these are very wealthy uh, tit babies, baby tits, they like to call it, the dollar tits. Right? <laughs> There's many ways of saying it, but basically they're just sucking from the teat and they're just getting their dollars fed to them from their parents. And it's on a scale that we don't really understand. It's just ridiculous, this stuff that these guys are and girls are receiving. But anyways, and then, so their, their choice is that, well, why would I put in all this work if you're one of these, a male version, why would I put in all this work on myself? Like, even if they did listen to this podcast, it's like, Adam, 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 I get it. I get it. You tell these guys that are below average on the scale of zero to 10, 10 being an absolute natural, zero being the hard case of all hard cases. And I get it. You tell these guys 
that have had abysmal dating lives, that have never had sex before or very limited sexual experience and and you help them to overcome their limiting beliefs and to transform who they are and evolve themselves along this journey. I fucking get it, Adam. But I got this money. Why should I have to do that when I got this money? When I got 10K coming in the bank a week, why should I go out on your 30-day challenges, go out in the day, go out in the night, face this tremendous adversity and tremendous fear? Well, why? Why would I do that when... When I can slide a DM, I can slide a DM to a professional hot girl. And remember, guys, a professional hot girl spans across many fields. Some of them are in all of them. You got strippers, you got fitness models, you got not even just fitness models, but the whole modeling world in general. You've got escorts, you've got you've got girls, even just bartenders, girls that any any girl that's willing to do something for the dime. So when you have such tremendous access to physically physically very attractive girls and I can just pay the, I, I just say them I'm gonna pay you a salary I'm gonna pay you a salary to be my sugar baby I'm gonna be your sugar daddy and all you have to do oh fuck fuck I should have said this I should have said this at the beginning which is um, this podcast is going to be very explicit I should have said this at the off the get because there are some younger uh, younger people that listen to this podcast and some parents as well that, that do follow my shit. So I know on iTunes, I will have labeled this with the red E as this is an explicit podcast. Hopefully YouTube doesn't mind too much, but I'm going to be, I don't care if they demonetize this. They demonetize half my shit anyway, just because I, <laughs> just because in the dating world, um, they demonetize the daddy issues podcast uh, video as well. So anyways, uh, <laughs> this podcast is going to be extremely explicit. I'm just going to pause that for a second and just address some of you guys in the chat. Bobby Benedict's up in here saying, yo, Adam, Bobby, your Melbourne trip's going to be coming up soon, yeah? You must be getting ready. When do you come down? What date? Drop it down below. Bobby's from Las Vegas. So uh, Omar comes up in here saying as well, what up, Adam? Do you think about... what? what do you, hold on. What up, Adam? What do you think about these girls that act masculine and not feminine? Are they damaged? Fucking great question, Omar. Fucking great question. We're not doing Q&A just yet. We're still going through the content. But when we do get to social Q&A, the question portion, that's a great question. I can't wait to get to that. Willingness, aka Nicholas, is up in here saying, Ui, sensei, omoshidoi, explicit porter. Omoshidoi, dayon. Omoshidoi, of course, of course. So uh, if you guys have not already dropped a thumbs up on this video, please do so. Helps it get sent out to YouTube. Uh, helps uh, helps YouTube let you guys know that you enjoy it and they send it out and all that shit. This is the algorithm. Help us out. Anyways, so getting back to this, I just I was supposed to tell you guys that this is going to be extremely explicit from the beginning. So what I was saying, the reason why I was saying that is because what I was about to say was going to be very explicit. So so getting back on here. We're, gonna, we're, in, we're in the mindset, we're trying to get into the mindset of a guy that's that's got ungodly sums of wealth. Ungodly sums. And so he's telling me about how why would I do that when I have access to some of the most physically attractive women purely through my external resources. And all I have to do, and this is what I was going to say before, all I have to do is slide a DM on this gram to this girl, this dime face girl is a fitness model, and say to her in a message just like this one. In a message just like this one. Hold on, I'm going to reiterate it. Hope you don't take offense to this. 
First off, you're absolutely gorgeous, and that's why I'm reaching out. I wanted to see if you'd be interested in friends with benefits, and reiterating with benefits. Sugar daddy arrangement, something 100% discreet and private. I'm not your typical 60-year-old sugar daddy, I'm 35 and have done this off and on, on and off for many years, two years, past two years. Let me know if you're interested, and we can send pictures and we can discuss more. When, when he can just send a message like that and get this girl on the payroll. You know, so he's going to give her, uh, I've heard some figures, I've heard some figures of some girls, you know, slide me three grand, slide me five grand a, a week, some, depending on the girl, some girls a month. And listen, and that's all he has to do and she's going to suck your dick. Right? She's gonna she you're gonna come home from a hard day of doing whatever you do, play we'll talk about guys that work as well, because there's a different slightly different thing. But she's just gonna sexually please you, and that's all she has to do. So it's a great arrangement for her, in the sense that she doesn't have to love you. You don't you don't you don't have to love her, as you might you're probably hoping. A lot of his sugar daddies are hoping for that, which is actually the very sad thing about sugar daddy arrangements is that for a lot of them they are hoping that the girl will eventually fall in love with him. It's very much the story of Beauty and the Beast. If you guys go back and watch Beauty and the Beast, it's actually quite horrific of a story. It's You don't realize it until you go back as an adult and watch it, and you're like, so this hairy motherfucker took this French, I don't think she was a princess, but this beautiful little French girl and just kept her in the rape dungeon. Just kept her in the dungeon. That, that was his plan. Now, of course, there was no rape scenes in the actual film, but you've got to imagine. you got to imagine what these creators are thinking. He's just going to lock her up in a dungeon. It's actually quite a fucked up story. But anyways, alas, alas, moving back to the point here. Well, I'm not sure how we got into that Disney point. Oh, that's right, the tragic story. The tragic story is that, that these sugar daddies, eventually, they think that if I get this girl in, because secretly, my friends, it is a very small portion of sugar daddies that are just sugar daddy to the core. Where it's like, this is their life, this is the way they were brought up, this is the way they'll die, they fucking love it, they don't want love. They don't want no love, they don't want their girl to be cooking uh, cooking the meals of love. No, they just wanted to serve up that bacon. And three eggs and bacon with a three-piece and a soda. Suck that dick and then get the fuck out. Like that's, that's like Wolf of Wall Street mentality. That's there are definitely some sugar daddies that have that mentality. I'm not denying it. It is just not the majority. The majority of them, at least the ones that I know, and the ones that I've heard stories of as well from girls, not just this girl, but previous girls as well, models that I used to work with, uh, that tell me their sugar daddy stories. And what it is is that the life of the sugar daddy is one in which that it's a stay of execution, in which that if I can just get this girl in, I slide her, I get her on the payroll. Slide that three five k a month, and so yeah, it's a it's primarily a sexual based transaction, right? It's uh you know you cook the egg, suck the dick, look that's all it's going to be. But there's always this intrinsic desire that one day, one day, if we just spend enough time in proximity, this girl may actually truly love me. This girl may well come may well come on, she may well turn over. You know, it's, it's actually the tragic story of most medieval marriages and arranged marriages. Fuck. Fuck, my friends. Fuck. When I was a personal trainer, here's a story for you. 
when I was a personal trainer, oh, I've got so many sugar daddy stories from the personal trainer, but then, oh, we'll, there's one of those we'll get to. This is going to be an absolute podcast. There's, there's so much for me to get into, which we haven't yet. Oh, man, so many tangents, but so many bamboo shoots. But the story on the personal trainer was just on the arranged marriages. I used to have a client who was a 40-year-old uh, Indian dude, and bloody hell, he was a good bloke. He was a great bloke. I just I remember crying one night on the bus home because of a message he sent me of how grateful he was for my training and uh, training him and being willing to work with him. He's a little uncoordinated. But anyway, he's a great bloke. If he's listening, shout out. And anyways, he was in an arranged marriage. He was hardcore Indian, moved over as an uh, IT engineer or something. But you know, imagine this. This is very foreign to Western concept that from your birth, you were already decided who you were going to be married to. And your parents decided it. And they did it as a play of wealth and of status. That if we can marry a better family and a good family, well then others will perceive us to be a good family. There's the status. But then also if we can get our if we can get married to a wealthier family, well then that ensures the wealth for the rest of our offspring and so forth. And so I asked him, I asked him one night when he popped this on me. And he's talking about his wife quite a bit when, and how she does most of the cooking. And I say, how'd you guys meet? How'd you and your wife meet? And he says, oh, well, we're arranged, Adam. We're arranged. Um, I'm, I'm an 18-year-old spry chicken, my first business out of high school and personal training. I've never met anyone who was in an arranged marriage. I still haven't. I still haven't to this day. Not, not person to person. I've had some clients, but not person to person. Like, via Skype... But this is the this is the first time person to person. I said I just mind blowing. I just dived in on it, and I was just saying about well, how how did you feel about this? How did you feel when, uh, however old he was, he was like twenty one or maybe his, his early twenties, and I'm like, so you guys got arranged, but you just pop you in a house and you live together. And say like, yeah, yeah, we live together. She cooks for me. We didn't like each other at first, but over time we kind of learned to love each other. And I'm like, really? You guys actually love each other? He's like, now we do. Not at first. Took a few years. <laughs> but I'm like, okay. right, were, you, were you that attracted to her? He's like, yeah, she's not bad. Oh, what a canine. Not too bad. I'm like, okay. That's how some cultures do it. But I was talking about the medieval thing. It's a very tragic story is what I was getting on here. Uh, the, the Indian one just popped out to me though with the arranged marriage. But a lot of sugar daddies, they hope that by paying this girl off, having her on the payroll... She will just from having spent time with him. And that's why I mentioned the arranged marriage. That's how a lot of arranged marriages kind of work. You lock two 14-year-olds in a room together, they're eventually going to get on. Get on each other as well. But it's the same for you know adults as well. And for these sugar daddies, and I'll wrap up this point here, is that they, they a lot of them have, have, a, have a soft heart. A lot of them do have a little, a little tiny heart beating within them. And whether it's because they're just consciously... Uh, as I was talking about before, that is not willing to do the work that they know is potentially out there that someone like me would espouse, or even if they're just not even privy to that, they just don't even know that that's possible. Okay, fair enough. I get it. But Jesus, that was loud. Hold on, I'm just going to quit Spotify here. <laughs> there we go. Uh, whatever the case may be, they've chosen not to do the work on the internal resources, and so they're going to use their external resources to bring this girl in. Okay. But it never happened. The- Oh, I can't say never, but the likelihood, 
And this is why I really brought this up, my friends, because I wanted to bring you some. Ta- I want to answer that tactical question of: Should you become a sugar daddy? If you're, if you, if you got money and you're low on the social dynamic skill set, you're low on the physical skill set, you're low on the mental skill set, you're low on the purpose skill set. Should I just get a girl on the payroll and 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 just hope that she loves me in the end and hope that she comes on? You're playing a low percentage game. That is a very low percentage game. And how do I know this? How, how, how am I so confident in this? I know girls on the payroll. I'm good friends of girls on the payroll. Before this business, I was a professional photo and videographer. And if you don't think I had some conversations with these models, aka professional hot girls, you got it backwards. Let's go forwards. Okay? There's, I recently, one of them, I know, I'm not going to mention any names. I'll try to be as... Aloof. Well, I'm trying not to use too many details, but I'll give you guys a gist of it. One of my uh, professional hot girl friends that I used to work with, she was a model. I'm not going to use her name. And she was with a sugar daddy. She had a sugar daddy arrangement with a much, much older gentleman. At the time, she was barely 21, I would say. 2021. I think she's about the same age as me at the time. 2021. This is about five, six years ago. And and her sugar daddy was double her age, 40. I've got no problem with that. I've got no problem with a 40-year-old being with a 20-year-old. It's just that when it's a sugar daddy arrangement, it just makes things even spicier. And so I had to ask her questions about this. I'd ask her about how this all came to be. And, you know, he was a well-established businessman. He was a, biz- he was a Saturday man. Okay, no, he wasn't a Saturday man. He was his own businessman. But he, you know, he's he got a lot of money under that belt. And so I want to paint the sugar baby life as well a little bit, but just not yet, not yet. And so I'm like, but are you actually attracted to this guy? You know, when we're, we're done wrapping up. She's putting her clothes back on after this photo shoot. And I'm saying, but, you know, girl, i got to ask you, how attracted are you to him? And she goes, well... He's not bad. Like, he's not bad looking. Adam, I so I wouldn't I wouldn't get into a sugar daddy arrangement with a guy that I was like detesting. That's someone that I was just so physically unattracted to. But you know, he's not Brad Pitt either. Uh, uh, okay, so you can get past the physical. I get that. So what is it? What, what is it? What? Just explain this to me, okay? She's like, well, you know, there's a financial arrangement. There's sexual, you know, favors being. Uh, transition between us, transacted between us. And that's all it is, Adam. And I'm like, okay, okay. So that was how it began. But then the relationship got deeper and deeper. And there's a lot of work in it as well for her. But I want to hold off on what it's like for the sugar babies. But the way that the life looks is that, you know, he goes to work, he, he goes, works hard, and she just gets to lap it up. She's buying Louis Vuitton. She's traveling to Japan, traveling to Europe every single month. And, you know, she's having to suck some dick every now and again. It's not the dick she wants to be sucking, but okay, she gets this payroll. She's on this payroll. And they were together for years, like in this sugar daddy arrangement. But this is the tragic thing for him. For her, it's good. For him, she eventually finds a more attractive sugar daddy. She finds a younger sugar daddy. And so, bye-bye. Bye-bye to the ridge and on to the new. And that's the thing here. So when you guys are asking me about, is this a viable option? Is this something that you should uh, entertain? I'm not here to tell you yes or no. I'm just saying, pain in the life. And you'll make your own decision based on that. But if you're 
if you're considering sugar daddy arrangements, do not for a second think that by just proxy, just by proxy of approximation in which that you are so close to this woman that she's just going to eventually love you. Yeah, get that idea out of your head. It's like, this is not an arranged marriage, right? And I'm, I'm still boggled at how that even, how that happened for my Indian client, but I, how they eventually came to love each other. And he was being honest. Like, he looked me dead in the eye and said, yeah, we love each other now. They have a, they have a kid together. Can you imagine having a kid with an arranged marriage? Now, I know back in the day, you were, you were talking about Vikings. We're talking about medieval times. That was the thing. That was normal. It was just expected. But we're living in 2020 now. We got sliced bread. Not for me, son, though. Carnivore diet, no sliced bread. Uh, <coughs> not that I use, I haven't eaten bread in years, actually. Even prior to uh, carnivore diet. But if I am going to eat bread, it's going to be sourdough. Uh, that's probably the best bread you can eat. Uh, just because a lot of the, um, just the way it's fermented, fermented bread. It's good shit. <coughs> it's delicious as well. Mm-mm. Anyways, how we get on that tangent? Coming back here. So throw this idea of that the woman will eventually love you even though you're paying her at first and getting sexual favors and you're having to get her on the payroll and she's going to love you eventually. It's not going to happen. Oh, it's very unlikely. It's not, It's a low percentage game. Why would you play that? You're risking a lot for a very, very unlikely return. Your return on investment is not a good balance. So what's the next What's the next thing that they'll dive to? Which is that, well, well actually... I think I think I'll get a lot of fulfillment out of this. Yep, I can't argue with that. I can't argue with that. I can't argue with the sugar daddy life, the sugar did life. If you're telling me that, actually, I just think it's fun. I just think it's fun to just go out to the clubs. To go out to the clubs, you see these uh, professional hot girls that get paid to be uh, just to be in the club. You know, the promoters bring them in just to pump up their club. And that's their job. That's their life. And so I slip her a couple hundred, slip her a couple K. And now, hey, we're going to fuck. And she's going to have to come to my birthday party. She's going to come to uh, any family event. And it's going to pump up my status. And that's just fun for me, Adam. And that's like what I was talking about before, the new rich Asians, the new rich in the Asian life. You know, for them, it's just like, it's a game. It's a game of fun. That's where they get their fulfillment from. It's like these, these boys, these rich Asian boys and Again, how the fuck do I know this? Because I know these guys. I used to work with these guys. Uh, guys, these guys used to hire me to shoot their models, to do their work for them. And I got privy to these conversations. And so these girls flying around the world, these guys, these guys flying around the world in these jets and shit. And, and I just, I think it's outrageous how much of a game it is to them. And I can't argue with that. If they look at me and go, Adam, I respect what you do. In fact, I love what you do. That's what they'll tell me. They'll tell me to this day, I'm still in contact with some of them. I love that you're doing the good th- the good work, but I'm going to still pay this girl. I'm like, okay. I'm not, I'm not going to argue with that. I'm not going to argue that if you genuinely think that, fuck the work, fuck the work. I get that the work's there. I get that I could derive a true masculine evolution through an internal sense that would then attract a woman outside myself and you know foster a very loving relationship for sure i get all that adam but actually i think it's funner for me to just go out to these clubs go out get use these connections use this money that i didn't even have to earn right my parents i'm just sucking from the teat and these girls gonna be on my dick and i'm gonna be on the payroll that's it 
<clears throat> they don't put a lot of thought into it, by the way. Like, the, the, the message that this guy sent my girlfriend <clears throat> up in uh, overseas, he put a lot of thought into that message. But a lot of the times, these messages are not that well thought through. It's like, or when, I, when the, these relationships are not very well, uh, they're not orchestrated. It's not like, uh, it's not like Fifty Shades of Grey. You guys seen that terrible movie. Incredible cinema, cinematography, terrible story. But but it's not so orchestrated. You know, it's more just like the guy will go to the club, go to the club, see this dime piece, right? But you can tell she's a professional hot girl. The promoter might have hooked you guys up, right? And you just, just say, hey, listen, get in the DMs, what's your gram? So, hey, I got 5K, right? I got 5K, come suck my dick. <laughs> it's, sometimes it's that, it's like that. It's just like that. Now it is time, my friends, to get into the sugar daddy story of a girl I was making out with and he came and he appeared. Before we do that, I need to take a pause, address some of you guys in the chat. That's going to be a story of all stories. I need to load up for that. For those of you that are in this live stream right now, just drop me a thumbs up on the uh, video. It helps support the channel if you're enjoying this content and it helps out uh, YouTube, let you guys know you enjoy it. Also, drop me a comment down below. Say hi. We will get your questions in very good time. Super chat option is, of course, available if you'd like to get your question bumped to the top. And uh, that'll be when the Q&A begins. And uh, don't forget to sign up to the Bullsip email if you haven't already. Free article in a few hours' time on Fridays, every Friday. Yes, sir. So, so we've got a few, more, a few extra people up in this chat. Uh, Liam, uh, St. Louis up in here. He's actually got an add-on to Omar's question, which I will address later on. Uh, Liam Crow, hey, came across your channel the other day. Great content. Good to see Pure on his videos. Thanks, Liam. Thank you for being here. And I really appreciate that message. Thank you very much. Uh, nice smack is up in here saying, what up, man? Uh, life is good. Hope you're well, nice. And uh, <laughs> this username, Negro, as in K-N-E-E. G-R-O-W, as in knee growing, says, uh, hello, I had to get married at 14. Excuse me? What? <laughs> Nutty? What are you talking about? Negro, please put some more details. I'd love to hear more about that. Draw me some more details up in this chat about your 14-year-old marriage. Uh, and then Dean comes in saying, love you, Adam. Dean, appreciate that, love. Daisuke des. Uh, oh, Doomlord BG just coming in live right now saying, hi, I'm how important is it? Okay, he's got a question. Doomlord, oh, when we get to the q and I'll address your question. <coughs> Thank you for being here, though. Oh, shit. You're, you're all popping in now. Uh, you're techno is saying, hi, Adam. Thank you for being here, my friend. If you guys are just joining this live stream, hit that thumbs up button. Drop your questions below. We're going to get straight back into this content, and then Q&A will come. So, I know for the OGs. And if you're listening to this on the podcast as well, on Spotify, right, uh, Apple or whatever, I know for the OGs of you, you've heard this story probably three times now. Once full and a couple abbreviated versions of it, but because this is the Sugar Daddy Potto, the Sugar Daddy actual title, anyone coming to the channel in the future, and for all you new guys that haven't heard this story, you're going to want to hear this story. So, buckle up. This is going to be a story of all stories. So this is a direct example, a direct story of where I actually met a sugar daddy and I, yeah, let me just, that's all I'm going to say. So let's do it. I was coaching boot camp 
I was coaching Advanced Social Dynamics Bootcamp, which for those of you that don't know, is the next level above day game foundations. And Advanced Social Dynamics uh, Bootcamp is a mixture of both day and night. It is ridiculously intense and uh, not recommended. I don't recommend it to my clients. It's only once they've done foundations and then they've had a year to work on their social dynamics. And then if they would like to come and do advanced social, then we can talk about that. But it's not something I ever recommend. It's only for the kind of twisted in the mind, <laughs> tug in cheek, that want to know more about social dynamics and want to come out at night, et cetera, as well. So there's that. I'm on advanced social dynamics bootcamp. This is in Melbourne. And I think it's night two. Yes, it is night two. Because we're down at the Revs Rave Club in Melbourne. Now, for my Melbourne lads, you know what that environment's like. For those of you that don't, it is, it's insufferable. It is an insufferable environment. I would never recommend anyone go there if you're looking to improve your social dynamics in terms of like actually learning. Now, there's, there's always something to be learned, but it's, again, low percentage. Why is this? Because it's like walking into, for those of you that are young, are old enough to remember, the way that people used to make photos was in the red room, the dark room, they call it. And it's just red light. And they would bring old film. Like you get a roll of film, you'd shoot your film, and then you'd bring it into the dark room. And that's how you would expose your images because if the images got exposed to light or the roll, then they would just get overexposed. Like and you'd ruin your image. So you'd have to uh, produce your photos in a dark room, red light, aka. And that's what the Revs Raves Cup is like. It is just like pure red light, essentially, but dark, very dim lit. And then that's like the main bar area. And it's just deafening music, even in the bar area where you think you could talk to someone. Then in the other area, it's an actual rave room where it's just like it's complete pitch black except for strobe white light every like half second. And again, it's just deafening. And then there's an outdoor smoking cigarette area, which just, why would you want to stand in an area of 40 people crammed like sardines smoking ciggies it's just terrible i don't know why anyone would go there unless you're on drugs which is why everyone goes there when they're on drugs so anyways i'd heard good things i'd heard there's some dime pieces up in this club so i take my client there and my assistant at the time we go in there it's a pretty it, it was like 25 dollars cover charge to get in uh so that's like 75 for all three of us we get in I immediately regret my decision. <laughs> no, 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 I don't know. That's not how I play it, but I just knew we're in for a bit of a shit fight when we walk into this rave club. <clears throat> and so we walk through. Uh, I almost get into a fight in my first interaction. <clears throat> I mentioned this before. I almost get into a fight. Uh, I go straight into this absolute dime piece the moment we walk into the, the bar area. It's really red lit. As a group of dime pieces, actually. Oh, lapping it up and i go up to the first one that's right in front of me extend that hand pull her in she's lit her eyes are just pinging the beaming i'm just like we're in on this girl right here my client and my assistant must be behind me or something but then all of a sudden i get a massive bear hug from behind me but it's not one i know it's not one of my clients because it's ridiculously strong and then like like aggressively strong bear hug from behind and I hear this voice come into my ear and it's just like she doesn't want a bar of you mate in the most Queenslandian Australian accent she doesn't want a 
bar of you, mate. And it's just, it's, it's like, oh shit. So this is like her boyfriend or something or like the guy that she came with. I don't know. I don't know their relationship, but it's not good because this guy's got me in a dangerous situation here. And so I'm, instead of getting aggressive, this, and this is just a hint for you guys, in this situation, do not get aggressive. De-escalate first. And so the first thing I do is that I just, I let him, I, I, I just, I'm monitoring his hands. I got my hands around his hands. And as long as they're not going to go to my neck, then I'll escalate. But at a certain point, because he's obviously drunk off his mind or at least pinging on something. Uh, the girl who's actually enjoying the interaction with me, uh, she's like getting weirded out. She's like getting angry, but not at me. She's looking at the guy behind her. And because we're actually having quite a good interaction up until that point. And then, but so I'm just monitoring this, making sure this is not going to get like turned into a really bad situation. And eventually he does let go uh, of his bear hug and he didn't reach up to my neck. But that was a very dangerous situation. Anyways, uh, also big tip for you guys who are in the clubs. If that ever happens, move on. It's no girl is worth getting into a fight over. <clears throat> Sorry, ladies. It's not, this is not 10,000 BC. Uh, you do not want to have to deal with broken hands. You do not want to have to deal with the police. You do not want to have to deal with having to go to the courts uh, and you know litigation and all that shit. You don't want to deal with it. There's no girl's worth that. So, like I say, well, I just like pass on. I'm like, listen, I'll let you let you guys do what you need to do. And she was actually quite disappointed. Anyways, that's how the night started in this Rage Rev Club. I'm gonna fast forward. My client goes through. Meets a whole bunch of different girls. He's really struggling though because it's really just not the place to meet girls uh, unless you're on drugs, which of course we're not. And so he's struggling, he's struggling. My assistant's going in there, helping him out, um, breaking down, down these interactions. And eventually we get to the point where we're in this side, we're in this side alley within the Raves Club, within the Raves Club. And it's like an alley within the club. And within this alley, there's couches, but it's only like wide enough that the couch can be there and that one aisle of people could walk by and then it's the toilets so so you can imagine an alleyway couches on one side toilets on the other side people can kind of walk past that's what you're going to imagine now there's this uh oh we've got to talk about the wildlife rescue team as well oh shit (laughs) i forgot to mention that but this girl was uh in need of the wildlife rescue team uh if for those that don't know what that term is basically uh, a very unattractive girl uh, wildlife rescue. <laughs> Just some, some of my wigs will know what that means. Why wow, that's funny. But anyways, for those of you that watch Jersey Shore, an absolute grenade. Um, you know, a very unattractive girl, but she's bawling her eyes out. And my client, just being a good guy, goes up to her and is like, what's wrong? What's wrong? Because she's like really distraught. And she's like, well, oh, what was it? What was it? I think she's like, I think my dad's been taking advantage of me sexually. Something like that. Or is it her uncle? Uncle or father, but basically she was insinuating that she's being touched by a member of her family. And so she's just born her eyes out of this Revs Rave Club and just about this on her own, not to anyone in particular. And so that's how you know she's out of her mind to a certain degree. But I don't discount her issue. I don't I think it's I think it was real, but I just don't know why she'd be just yelling out to absolute strangers. It's a bit strange. Anyways, so my client's there uh, consoling this girl. And I stay there for a few minutes, but then what do I notice? And she's like on the edge of the couches. She's on the edge of this couch. And then if I look to my left down this little tight alleyway where the bathrooms are, <clears throat> the couch extends again. Like it's quite a long couch. And there's a really attractive girl sitting down there. So I just kind of shrimp my way. For those of you that do jujitsu, <laughs> I shrimp my way over. I've, I fall on her right side. So I go around her. I sit down right next to her. 
And it's like, of course, again, now this is the only place you could actually hear what people are saying because it's like in between the, the rooms where the ridiculous music, music is playing. So I could actually get in her ear and yell in her ear uh, to just convey anything. Like just in for her to hear, hey, hello, but obviously this is kind of futile. So I sit down next to her, I'm just like yelling at her, I'm just like, you know, what's going on? And she's like, looks at me, her eyes are just off the moon. I just like, pupils are dilated. And so I just give up on all verbals at that point. I say hi, and that's the last thing I say to her. And I just go to make out of her. We're going, mom's around her, I'm making out of her. And this is great. We're on this couch together. Outside this bathroom, little side alley, my clients next to us, a couple seats down, consoling this wildlife rescue uh, with all their issues. And I'm sitting next to this girl and I'm making out of it. After about a minute, I would say, the dweebiest, nerdiest of all nerds, the scrubbiest of all scrub lords, the fishiest of all fish lords walks out of the bathroom. Now you got to imagine, you've got to imagine Plankton from Spongebob. That's this guy's father. Okay? Think about the person that gave Inception to Plankton. That's what this guy looks like. Okay? And I'm being generous. I am being very generous. On the scale of physical looks, he was an absolute zero. And I say that with pride. I say that because it's very hard to find an absolute zero in this life. Most people have a redeeming quality of some kind. This guy, he was, he was a, it was something special in terms of how physically unattractive he was. Like even, even, even to me in my heart, you know, it's like, I, I feel, I feel bad him. I feel bad. I feel bad. But, but he keeps walking towards us. Now, so you got to imagine, like, when the doors of the bathroom open, it's not just, like, immediately directly in front of us. There's, like, within the bathroom itself, there's, like, a, a few steps. So i got a moment to take him in. But then as he steps towards us, I'm like, oh, he's coming up to us. And then all of a sudden, the girl, we like, I had stopped making out with the girl to look at this guy. And she just gets up. She gets up. She goes over to him and embraces him. Now, they don't make out a kiss or anything, just embraces him. She puts her arm around him, he puts her arm around her, and there's a couple of his friends next, like, waiting outside the bathroom, just a little bit to my left, and they go talk to them. Now, what? Hey, hang on a second. Rewind. I'm sitting on the couch, I make it out of this girl. The plankton of all planktons walks out of the bathroom, right? This little dweeby, short brown hair, little skin pale as ghost walks out of the bathroom, and this girl that I was just heavily making out with, and we we're in the throes of masculine and feminine energy and connection, just gets up, <coughs> gets up with no warning, no explanation, and just embraces this little plankton. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is not, I can't get any crazy. I almost got into a fight before. There's a wildlife rescue going on with my client next to me. And now there's this absolute mismatch of this very attractive girl with this plankton. What the fuck is going on here? fuck is going on is is that's the only thing that's going on in my mind and then and i'm just like like my eyes are like this this can't be real like it's like that's what my eyes look like it can't be real can't be real can't be real that's what's been delayed across of like it's like my eyes are like billboards that's what's being written across my eyes but then after a few moments she comes back to me and she sits back down and she yells in my or <coughs> as loud as she possibly could 
uh, it's funny that I coughed then because I remember her having a bit of a cough as well. And she comes into my ear and she goes, she's like, listen, I'm kind of covering, like for those of you on the podcast, I'm making the, the impression that my hand is like covering my voice to cup it. She's like cupping her voice. She's like this. And she's like, listen, like, like in my ear, right in my ear, lips to my ears. Like, listen, you're very, very cute. We had a great time, but this is my sugar daddy. This, that guy's my sugar daddy. And, and I just like grab her by the back of the neck, like tiger claw style. And I like pull her back in. So I'm in her ear now. I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean, sugar daddy? What does that even mean? Because at that time, like, I guess it's in the throes of the moment. I'm like, we always envision sugar daddies as being rich old men. You never, like, if I was to say, if I was to go out on the street right now, down a, down a bloody Rundle Mall or Berkshire Mall or whatever, and, and grab a hundred people and and give them two photos, and give them a photo of Hugh Hefner or a photo of the human depiction and the human embodiment of Plankton from SpongeBob SquarePants, they would all, and I say, which one looks to you more like the sugar daddy? They would all pick Hugh Hefner, the old rich-looking dude in the velvet suede robe and drinking, sipping a martini. Right, that, that's, that's the vision. So I was like, I couldn't, I was like, what do you mean this guy's your sugar daddy? And as she comes back, she grabs me by the fucking neck, pulls my ear in, and comes back to me and she goes, he pays me to have sex with him. At the time, you've got to imagine everything. That's why I had to tell you how the night started and how everything has been leading up to this point. I'm just like, okay, all right. I guess this is what's happening here, but what does this mean for you and me, right? It's like, I don't, I don't get too much about this sugar daddy. So, okay, so I'm trying to compute here that he pays you to have sex with I appreciate the honesty. I appreciate that this absolute dying piece I was just making out with went up to this little plankton, came back to me, explained the situation with no bullshit. With no bullshit. Just that this guy pays me to have sex, so I've got to go with him. And that's what and that's why when I come back to her, I'm like, so what does this mean? What are you trying to say here? And she's like, Well, I've got to go with him. I've got to go with him. I, I well first, let's just exchange details. This is a little bit rough. So even by my standards, this is a little bit rough. Like I've, had, I've I've been in some one night stands. I've been in some sexual experiences with girls where they've ended very abruptly. You know, just some girls are a little bit weird. You're gonna meet a few weird girls at night. You're gonna have a few. You're, you're gonna you're gonna have sex with a girl. Go in the club bathroom. You're gonna have sex with a girl back back at your mate's apartment in a sleeping bag at four a.m. and it's bloody thirty eight degrees and bloody Naj won't go to sleep. <laughs> Shut up. Sorry, Nash. Anyways, um, <laughs> just an old story. Um, you, you're going to have weird situations, but this is, at this time, this tastes like fucking cake. And so I, I abrupt, in terms of abrupt endings. And I'm like, <clears throat> so let's, let's just exchange details and we'll work it out later. And she goes, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. It's part of our arrangement. Excuse <coughs> me. <clears throat> Bit of phlegm. Uh, it's part of our arrangement. <laughs> it's part of our arrangement that I don't see any of any other guys outside of our sugar daddy arrangement. It's part of the arrangement. And I'm just like sitting there going, so it's okay for you to be sitting here and making out. And he was okay with that, by the way. 
By the way, I think I forgot to mention that detail. When he came out and he saw us making out, it's like I was making out, but then my eyes got diverted to this gentleman, Plankton, walking out of the bathroom, so I stopped making out of it. But he clearly saw that we were making out of each other. He was okay with that. He had no problem with that. And so I'm like, she could see, I know she could tell the confusion with me. And she's like, listen, it's just that we can't, listen, this is all it can be. This is all it can be, but you're very cute. I had a great time with you. And I'm like, all right. It's like, okay, what am I going to do here? There's nothing else I'm going to do here. So I'm like, all right, have a good night then. Oh, yes, me. I'll see you later. Ja, ja. That's all I'm going to say. <clears throat> There's nothing else that happened after that. Other than a story of all stories that I've never forgotten. And that, that's my only time rubbing up on a girl that was with a sugar daddy in the physical venue and that he physically was there. And he was a plankton of all planktons. And I just, that yeah, I could still see it. I could, I could taste the vodka on her mouth. I could see the pinging in her eyes. I can see that little dweeby plankton. <laughs> and I, and listen, I'm not trying to, listen, I'm sure, well, I'm not sure, but he could be a good guy. He could be a great bloke. I don't really know. But if we think about it from the perspective of you guys and the real tactical getaway here, listen, I give you guys some chop. I give you guys some cool story, but let's bring it down to something you can learn from, which is this. If you are so physically unattractive that you make even someone like Adam question evolution's process, how did he make it through evolution? That's how unattractive he was. Is it just better for this guy to flash that cash, get his dick sucked by this girl, and have her on the payroll? She's on the payroll, my friends. Is it better for him to do that? I think you know my answer. No. (laughs) Still not. I'm a purist, and I will be to the day I die. I am a purist in which that I've never met a single person in my life that I would truly be able to look at them and say, Nah, this is not for you. Social dynamics is not for you. You're not going to be able to transform yourself. You're not going to be able to evolve yourself. You may as well just get that money, spend all your time getting that money so that you can spend it on other girls who can get that money as well. Uh, I've never met anyone like that. I've, ne- I've never met anyone so fucked up that they couldn't improve themselves and, and evolve their internal resource. I just haven't seen it yet. And even that Plankton guy, if he's listening to this, one day I hope he does reach out. No, I hope's the wrong word. One day, if he does reach out and say, listen, Adam, I've had enough of the Plankton life. Well, actually, he's always going to be a Plankton. But (laughs) unless the modern advances of society, of science, will get him somewhere else. Could do. But but I've had enough of the uh, sugar daddy life. I want to transform myself. I'll be here for him. I'll be here for him. But for you guys out there, I'm not telling you not to go the sugar daddy life. I'm not telling you not to. All I've done in this podcast here, before I get into the Q&A section, which is what I like to do in about a minute or so, all I've seen is that there's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of pain. Persistence of pain. Persistence of pain in which that most of these sugar daddies, they are hoping that that girl will one day love him and that one day he won't have to pay her to be in his presence Seldom works out that way. Most of these uh, sugar babies, from what I've seen, the girls that I know that are sugar babies, they just move on to the next sugar daddy. When they when when they sense that their current sugar daddy is getting too attached, to the point where she, he's wanting to make her a real wifey, they they drop him. They drop him and they go to the next sugar daddy. 
Uh, and there's uh, it's it's like it's readily available as well for girls. Like there are there are online institutions. There are websites where girls can set up profiles and sugar daddies can pick from. And it's like if you're willing to drop the five k, you're willing to drop a five five k a week for some depending on the girl, five k a week, five k a month on a girl. There's girls that are going to be ready for that and willing for that. I'm not hating on it. Listen, I'll say this to I'll say this right now. I'll wrap it up on this. There are much worse things you could be getting into than a sugar daddy arrangement. Is it the best? Probably not. Is it going to lead you to a place of truly internal fulfillment in which that you are devoid from attachment to the external and which that the forces around you will not dictate your emotional and psychological well-being in this life? I think you know the answer to that. I think there is a much better way of achieving that and that the sugar daddy arrangement will never provide that. But it's a mute point with these guys. For the guys that have entered the sugar daddy life, they don't give a fuck about that. It's like life is too short for them. Life is too painful for them, I should say. Life is too painful for them in which that it's already painful enough if you're in the place of wanting to be a sugar daddy in a painful place and you're, you've, you've approached the sugar daddy life out of pain because you feel like you're not attractive enough. You don't have the psych, you were not blessed with either the physiology or psychology or social exploration. Blah, social exploration upbringing those three keys that bring up a natural if you if you're someone who's got neither of those none of those but you were blessed with either through your own hard work to get that dollar or you're sucking off the teats of the parents dollar and you do have that and so you're coming from a pain point and life just life is just too short for some of those guys and they just decide Listen, if I've only got another good 50, 60 years, I'm just going to drink it out. I'm going to drink it out. I'm going to do some cocaine. I'm going to get my dick sucked and pay this girl, and she's going to pretend to love me. Meh. All right. You know, for some guys from a pain point, I can understand. I can understand where that comes from. It's not what I recommend. I definitely do not recommend it. Osusa men I do not recommend. Uh... But, and we have discussed the sugar daddy that does not come from a pain point, but comes from a, a fun point. And again, I'm not going to argue with that because I have friends that are sugar daddies that come from the fun point, which is that for them, it's a game. For them, it's just like, let's see, what, let's see the hottest girl we can get uh, to pay her to have sex with us and to, uh, to pretend to be my girlfriend for my family's sake, etc. And some guys, they're, they're the new rich Asians I like to talk about. Uh, that, there's that as well. So it's going to be your decision, my friends. You want to be a sugar daddy? Yeah. Okay. I was going to discuss the sugar baby life. I'm going to hold it. I'm going to hold on from that, maybe for a different podcast. But I think I've given you guys a good, good understanding and a good depiction of what that life looks like and what it does provide and what it does not provide. And with that being said, we are now going to get into the Q&A section. Perfect timing as well. We, I like to leave about half an hour for the Q&A section. It really depends. It depends on how deep we go into content. Uh, so now is the time. If you guys would like to drop your questions in on anything, dating, social, relationship-wise, in the comments down below. If you'd like to donate to this channel and just help support what's going on here, uh, you can, of course, donate to the Super Chat, and that will get your question bumped to the top. And that just uh, goes back to everything that I'm doing here, such as the free weekly email newsletter. If you're not signed up, it's free for you guys. Not for me, but free for you guys. Uh, Bold Sip weekly email newsletter. Just head to boldojo.com, put your email in, you get a free article every week and other cool shit. Uh, this article is on the power of time. And it's a very hard-hitting article as well. 
So if you're also up in this live stream and have not dropped a thumbs up, what are you doing? What are you doing? Support this channel. Hit the thumbs up down below. Drop me some comments and some feedback. Say hello. Get your questions in. That's what we're going to dive into now. And let's do it. Just checking up here. Okay, we're good. So there are no super chats yet. So I'm going to drop or I'm going to raise myself right back up to the top of this chat. Let's go. So first question coming in here. First question was from Omar, and St. Louis wanted to attach something to it as well, so it's going to be interesting. The first question is from Omar B, and he says, What's up, Adam? What do you think about these girls that act masculine and not feminine? Are they damaged? And there was an add-on very shortly under that from St. Louis, who comes in saying, At Omar B, adding to your question. How best to deal with girls who are uncomfortable relaxing into their natural feminine essence? Great question. Great add-on as well. So it's a two-prong question. It's a two-prong for one. I don't mind that. Let's do it. So going back to Omar though, because of course he was first. What do we think about these girls that act masculine and not feminine? Are they damaged? Not necessarily, Omar. Not necessarily. There are many girls that it's a balance of energy, which is very good. And Louis actually going to organically dive in here. It's a balance of energy. I've uh, been very fortunate to work with a lot of very, very attractive females, very attractive females, professional hot girls. Uh, when I was doing professional photo and video, that were very, very masculine in energy, very feminine looking, okay? Curvature in the right place, very pretty faces, just a well put together, well put together feminine being. However, you better not cross her. You better not cross her because she will bring down the hammer. She will. She is in bed with Thor. That's this type of girl. And, you know, she probably gave birth to Thor. It's probably a better analogy. Which I know, if you're really into Nor Norse mythology, probably doesn't work. But you get what I'm saying. That she's a hard... These girls, Some of these girls, women, I should say, were a hard women. Like, just because they're very feminine looking uh, does not mean that they cannot have the a higher proportion of masculine energy. And this is what it comes to is that as human beings, the mainstream doesn't like to get into nuance because I guess for whatever reason, like the mainstream by definition does not like nuance. But it's a very, it's a very harm, it's harmful. It's harmful that the nuance is left, left behind that Human beings have both masculine and feminine energy. That men and women, like your biological sexual determination, that's, it's, that doesn't necessarily predicate how much masculine and feminine energy you will have. We all know this. There are, is a scale from the hard left. If you want to think about hard left, hard, to that end of the scale, hard masculine energy, and you want to think far right to the hard feminine there's going to be someone, everyone falls somewhere in between and we all got to mismatch of both. You know, it's just generally speaking that men have more masculine energy than feminines, than females, and that females have more feminine energy. But I'm sure we all know men, male beings that have very low masculine energy and very high feminine energy in relation to each other. And so you find that those particular guys end up with partners and end up seeking partners 
in females that have much higher masculine energy. And I just want to play this out for you, Omar, because it's very important to understand this to your actual question, which is why I'm saying that just because you got some girls, women, that act very masculine, and you're asking me, are they damaged? No. 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 Not necessarily. They could be, but not necessarily. Like I said, I've worked with some great girls. There are some great girls that are very, very hard-hitting girls that you just, they do not take shit. They have strong masculine energy. And so, vice versa, they you often find them with men who are the opposite of them because we need our opposite in polarity. You've got a woman who has strong masculine energy and very low feminine energy. She's going to look for a male partner who has very high feminine energy. I've, one of my really good friends is that exact scenario. One of my really good friends who's a guy has very low masculine energy, very high proportionate feminine energy, and his partner, who oh, I probably shouldn't mention that. Let's just say they're in a very deep relationship. Otherwise, you'll know who I'm He'll know. Oh, you guys won't know, though. I don't think they know this. Ah, fuck it. Just in, just in case, I won't burn any toes. Uh, also saying that they're in a deep relationship. Yeah, anyway, so they've been together for quite some time, and it works well. It works well that his feminine partner is very masculine and that she wears the pants, so to speak, because she just has more masculine energy than the average girl, and he has less masculine energy than the average guy. So it's not necessarily a thing about being damaged. You know, a, a, a man is not 100% solely masculine energy. No. Yeah, no. Right? A man uh, has should have, should have a good proportion of feminine energy to his masculine. A good proportion. And it's not necessarily um, a bad thing if you find a guy uh, who's got more feminine energy than his uh, than masculine. It's just only the only reason I say that is because in this society, in this era, it's permissible. Because we're not in a fight for the survival. If you want to think 300k years ago, that probably is an issue. It probably is an issue and he probably would not have survived. Just being real. Just being real, if you if you were born uh, as a masculine as a male three hundred thousand years ago, and you have very low masculine energy and a higher, you probably probably wouldn't have made it. Probably the advent of the agri- the agricultural evolution and then the industrial revolution, these two things have probably allowed for the ability for those type of males to survive. But I just I can't imagine a scenario in which that. Uh, that would have happened or would have been allowed for just through the process of the process of evolution and having to adapt to our environment and to just having to be just survival of the fittest really. I just they wouldn't have survived. Anyways, to get off on tangents here. But in this day and age, and he's one of my really good friends. He's one of my really good friends. It's in this day and age there's no problem. So anyways, back to your question. Anyways, back to your question. There's not necessarily damage. Now, following on to Louis uh, Louis had an add-on to his question saying, how is best to deal with girls uh, who are uncomfortable relaxing into their natural feminine essence? So, Louis, I hope you're listening to what I was saying. Because the first thing you need to understand is, is this girl not relaxing into her natural feminine sexual energy? Or is it that she just doesn't have a lot of it? So, are you blaming the blind kid for not being able to see? Is that what you're doing? That's the thing I'll check with you. Now, 
barring you have checked that, and you have ascertained that actually, no, this girl's a pretty feminine girl. This girl's a girly girl, right? She's out with the girls on a Saturday night drinking, uh, uh, drinking her spritzer, drinking her rosé. Okay, she's got her, uh, she's got a rosé moscato. She's a girly girl. She dolls up. It's just that when it comes to the sexual experience, because I think that's what you're referring to. Oh, well, I, I'd hope that's what you're referring to. Otherwise, I mean, you could be referring it just into her everyday life, but her everyday life is her sexual life anyway. Uh, you're not going to see a... The only... Actually, I'll say this. There's one caveat to what I just said. There's one race of girl that that does juxtapose. But that's like that's the exception. That's the exception that proves the rule. Asian girls are the opposite of that. Asian girls go out of their way to mask their sexuality, and that's just been their culture since the get. And... uh I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of it at all. But pretty much every other race of girl will not go to such extreme lengths to mask their sexual persona as to their... Look at just Western society. It's complete congruence. Women go out of their way to align their sexual presence with their everyday presence. It's just with Asians for some reason. I don't know, I don't know where that shit came from. The conservatism. Well, actually, that's not even fully accurate itself because Western society used to be ridiculously conservative to the point where we invented something called a chastity belt. Do you guys even know what a chastity belt is? If you don't know what a chastity belt is, you need to go on Google, open up another tab right now, and just search that shit up. That's where we came from. I'm going to leave that there. Anyways, moving forward here. If you have got a girl that does struggle with relaxing into her natural feminine section, sexual energy, you feel like either it's because she goes out of extreme lengths to mask it in her everyday life which is why it restricts her in her sexual life in the sexual moments or it's just that she didn't man i have a lot of experience it could be that as well many different factors the way that i best deal with that girl and i have had to deal with these girls a lot uh i'm not that much into asian girls these days but i used to be really into asian girls particularly my the female version of myself. I know that sounds terrible, but what I'm talking about there is half-halves. So half Aussie, half uh, Vietnamese, half uh, American, you know, that typical uh, L.A.T., you know, the half-halves, half American, half Jap, that type of thing. So those girls are often sexually, again, also not very expressive, not off the bat anyway, unless they've had a lot of experience. And when, especially when it gets down to real raw sexuality, like I'm talking about grabbing girls by the neck. I, I told you this podcast is going to be explicit. When you're having sex with a girl and you're grabbing her by the neck, that's a normal thing. Uh, guys, if you're having sex with girls and you're not grabbing them by the neck, what are you doing? What are you doing? If you're not pulling their hair, what are you doing? If you, if you aren't slapping, if you aren't uh, spanking, if you aren't pulling, biting, gra- digging nails in, <sighs> you just... You're disappointing. You're disappointing me. You're disappointing me. You're disappointing your ancestors, for God's sake. Uh, you, you don't need to be this little plank, this little wooden plank. You don't need to be planked in, okay? <laughs> uh, you get expressive is what I'm saying. But anyways, uh, when it comes down to raw sexuality, you got a girl like with that. Not every girl is ready for that. I totally understand that. And Louie might be sitting there going, but Adam, if you've got a girl who's not ready for that type of level of, that level of sexuality, raw as well. Not sashimi style. Don't get that twisted. Uh, get some salt in my water here. Ah, uh, kanpai. 
if you've got a girl who's just not ready for that, I get that. I get that. And the way, and I've had to deal with a lot of girls like that because naturally my default is that I really like raw sex, not sashimi style. When I'm saying raw, I'm talking about energetically biting, grabbing, choking, strangling each other, uh, hitting each other, that type of thing. I'm not really into the belts, not really into the whips. When I take, I'm talking about hitting, I mean, like just being very, very physically aggressive with each other. Uh, that's what I really enjoy. And most girls enjoy that as well. When they've, in fact, in fact, how about this? How about this? I've never met a girl who doesn't enjoy that when she has let go of herself. The only girls that I know that that aren't ready, that I've experienced, that aren't ready for that level of just, just primal sexuality are girls that are still holding on to something within themselves. So, Louis, to your question, the best way to get over that is to baby step your way through and start. Start at the beginning with her. You need to let that melt. When a girl's sexually not comfortable, you need to start at the beginning. What does that mean? Do you mean a What that means is you shouldn't have pre- preconceived notions of what she's already comfortable with. And a girl's not going to reveal that card very easily. She's for sure not going to reveal that card consciously, willingly. It's not going to be something that she just comes up to you and says, well, Adam, this is what I'm sexually comfortable with. Uh, it's, it's, not, nothing like, it's never going to happen like that. So we're going to have to start at the beginning with her. So, Louis, what I'm going to do is Friday night, green tea and chill, get that rug, get down there on that couch, sit down on that girl and say, listen, I want to know. I want to know. You're going to open up to me because I don't want to guess. I don't want to assume. I don't want to rub you the wrong way, both physically and metaphorically speaking as well. So you tell me. What's your sexual experience has been like? What's your previous experience of other guys been like? You don't need to tell me how big their dicks are, but can if you want, but I don't really need to know that. All I need to know is what it's been like with your previous guys. Give me the full lowdown. I'm just going to be your ear tonight. I'm your ear tonight. And you just let her f- just waterfall down on you. And <laughs> not physically yet, but that'll come. Let her waterfall out. Let her emotions come out. Let her, because... Most girls, the girls that can't let go into primal sexuality, what I said before, it's because they're still holding on to something. And what are they holding on to? They're holding on to their inability to trust the masculine in front of them. And if they can't trust you, then they will never let go. And nor should you, nor should a woman ex- expect or allow herself to let go into a masculine being that they do not fully trust. And you'll never get a, gr- a girl, I've spoken of this many times, to female ejaculation, to that full squirt town, going down squirt town, you'll never get her there until she lets go. 100%, full trust in you. So we start at the beginning, which is just tell me about it. Tell me about your past experiences. That's the first place I always start with girls. And now it's not in a fucking dark three by five cubic square room with a little little light bulb above you and just you get your fucking Newman with your cigarette just like, tell me about the last guy. Right? You're, not, you're not that guy. You're just sitting there on this couch. Get yourself some Hugh Hefner vibe. Get yourself a robe if you want. <laughs> That's going to be fucking weird as well. Don't dress up in a robe. <laughs> if you have a robe, oh, wow, that's, that's impressive, actually. If you have a robe. I don't even have a fucking robe. <laughs> so take it seriously, what I'm saying. And so you're just going to spend that night with her, just being her ear. Let her tell you about everything. And then naturally, you guys will probably start making out at the end. And you don't have to do anything with her information. 
That's not the point, Louis. The point is that we just want her to begin to trust, to begin to let go. You get to go to trust. You get to go to begin to let go. Psychologically, then the physiology can come. But if a girl is not unlocked psychologically, you will not unlock physiology. Physiologically. It's not going to happen. So that's what I'll do with it. And it's a step-by-step process. Now, I always say this. I always cover the caveat because the Mr. Nice guys get this twisted. The Mr. Nice guys will go, oh, well, well then. I guess I will just, I I guess, 10 dates, 15, 20. How many dates until, until I could just, you know, keep, keep just these being the ear, just not physically trying to progress. And listen, there is obviously a cutoff point. There is a caveat to which that we say, if a girl within five to six sexual experiences and the space of being allowed to get into that, and that you've managed it well, not like rough experiences, but well, well cared for, and you're taking your time, and you're not putting pressure on it, and you're just there with her, enjoying the moment. Go back to my social Q&A podcast, A Full Guide to Day Threes. You'll learn more about this there. You're doing it right. And it's still after five to six times in with sexual opportunity and sexual space, and she's still not willing to let go. Then what that speaks to is trauma and work she needs to deal with on her internal that is nothing to do with you at this point. It's not, it's not your, it's no longer subject to your actions and to your, your guidance anymore. Now it's a journey for herself. And so then we can say to this girl, clearly you are not in a place to be sexually involved with someone right now. And I don't want to push you into something that you're not ready for. So let's keep, let's keep this as friends. And look at this now. Polaris completely flipped. Now we're friends owning her because hey, I want she's probably still a cool girl, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna f- try and fuck this up. I'm not gonna try and burn this relationship right now and try and push you into something you don't want to go into. But I also recognize that I need to meet other girls as well. And I could spend there are other girls I'd rather spend more time with, I guess. So uh yeah, we'll call it there. We'll call it there. And, and then you give her time to go work on, her, work on herself and then maybe a year later, she's done that work on herself and she's ready to come in again. Okay, you allow for that door to stay open. Very good. That's what you're going to do with this, Louis. And uh, so the, really the key principles there is just start at the beginning of all girls. If a girl is not willing to let go into her feminine sexuality yet, it means she's holding on to something inside, the inability to trust you. And not don't use you as an ego egoically, as in the masculine being outside of it. So we want to begin, begin that process of trust. And the way that we get her to trust us to trust us is, as I said before, being that ear. If you, if you can show her that you are willing to sit down on a couch, buy green tea and candlelight for hours at a time, and truly listen to her, truly understand her sexual experiences in life, that's a very good, way, very good place to begin. And every time I do that with girls, they, they, they crack. They let go. Then they, they begin to trust. Because no other guy's showing them that. And I mean from a sexual standpoint. I'm sure they've got plenty of other Mr. Nice guys that are willing to just sit there and listen. But that's a very different thing. It's very different when a sexually attractive, strong masculine being says to you, I want to know about you. Man. Psychologically, unlock, turn on. Yes, sir. Here we go. Uh-huh. Oh, shit. Okay. So come back here. Oh, shit. We got our first super chat up in here from Infinite Paradox saying, with a $5 super chat, coming in saying, appreciate your grind, brother, with a love heart. Mr. Infinite Paradox, regular supporter of this channel, my man, 
I, th- I mean, I assume you're a man. Your name is neutral. But I thank all your support. You've been here for a, a good while. I think ever since these social Q&As began and probably before that as well. So I really appreciate your donation there. Go straight back to this channel. Help support everything that I do. And if you do have a question, of course, your question will get bumped to the top. Uh, so just drop it below your super chat or I'm going to just dive up because I don't think, I can't see if you've, it doesn't look like you've dropped a question. It looks like he's just doing it out of appreciation. Um, yeah, well, he did say drop a like, boys. Yeah, so let me just hit you guys a reminder there that if you guys are up in this live chat, you have not dropped a thumbs up down below, please do that to help support this channel. Do as Infinite Paradox is done. And uh, it helps YouTube let you know you guys enjoy this content and it gets help get sent out and we'll keep making this shit and it'll be a good time. And, and uh, what do we got here? We've got about six minutes until I need to wrap up. I've got clients to work with today. I've got a lot of shit to do today. Um, so I will be capping this in six minutes. So if you do have a question that you wanted to get super chatted up, I'll make time for that. Otherwise, I'll go back up and we'll address the very next question. And Infinite, Infinite says, no question today. He was just showing that love. Hey, man, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. So, coming back up here. Uh, the next question after Omar's was from... I'm going to skip anyone here. Oi Sensei from Nicholas. Amoshiroi from Nicholas. I have heard people... Nicholas comes in, willingness comes in saying, I've heard people go to hookers just to have more intimate like a girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, like girls that just get paid to cuddle. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. That's a sad state. Sad state of society in which a man feels like he has to pay a woman just for just for companionship. That's terrible. It's abs- it's an abomination. Not 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 I'm not reprimanding him. I'm saying it's an abomination. I'm lashing society. How we got to that place is just man. You imagine, can you imagine telling that to like someone 300,000 years ago? Oh, we pay people just to, to, to be with us, just to cuddle with us. It's terrible. Oh, laugh at you. Laugh you out of the cave. Anyways, uh, Bobby comes in saying, plan to arrive in Melbourne March 4th. Going to stay for two weeks. That's a long time to stay in Melbourne, B. You must be on, you must have some secret plans. You must have some grind. Well, B, I, re- I recommend, it's a great time to be down in Melbourne though. Like, it's a great time to be down. So, yeah, go hog wild. Meet as many girls as you can at that time. Uh, that's a solid amount of time right there. That's excellent, B. Uh, like you can just get so much shit done. That's what I mean. Like, that's a long time. I'm very excited by that. Uh, so, the next question comes in from Liam Crow. No, no, no. So, Liam was here just saying, just saying love for the channel. Thanks for the honest videos. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you, Liam. Uh, what was the next question? Um, willingness is saying I don't intimate as sexual with a prostitute but having experience as a girlfriend in Japan, China, Korea you can rent a boy girlfriend yeah that's true um, because there's not really any questions there so I just want to get the next question in because um, it's going to be the final question before I have to bump out let's make it a good one um, yeah, Negro okay, did say that he got married at 14. That's ridiculous. I mean, it's possible, but I don't think so. Could be. But I don't know. He didn't give any more context. Uh, we'll just drop some more stuff. Okay, so the next question came from Doomlord BG saying, Hi, Adam. How important is building male friendships? Could you share how you and your male friends support each other and how you choose your closest friends? 
So how important is building male friendships? Ah. I don't think the male part is necessary. I think building friendships in general. I think it is important to the extent of how long you would wish to live. If you want to live a short life, statistics say don't have any friends. If you want to have a short life, don't have any community. That's what the statistics say. There's a, there's a commonality amongst people that live longer, which is that they have a stronger sense of community. And so it's very important in terms of your longevity. And because importance is what is important to you. There are some very successful people in this life, very highly successful people that I even look up to, that, that I learn much from, that are recluses, that have maybe one, two friends. Just one good friend, maybe two good friends. And uh, they're doing great shit in this life. I think importance is something that you have to de- define for yourself. That's why I gave you the statistical answer first. But then really what it comes down to is how do you want to live your life? Uh, there are many people that that can't put up with friends, right? They just don't have time for it. Um, and they're very good on their own. You know, that's some people. Um, he then goes on to ask me, could you share how you and your male friends support each other and how you choose your closest friends? Yeah, so I'll give you a real example. Uh, one of my friends recently, no names mentioned, uh, is having a real tough time in his professional life, in his career life, and, uh, you know, it entered a form of bankruptcy. Let's say that, entered a form of bankruptcy. And, and you know, that's a very tumultuous time, of course. He's still very young, still very young, but it's a very tumultuous time. And the way that I support him is that I send him a direct message and I say to him, listen, anytime you need to talk, I'm always here for you. Whatever you want to talk about, I'm here for you. Whatever you want to reach out, I'm here for you. Okay, and that's all. That's I always let all my male friends, and if you are one of my friends, you always get that from Adam. You always get that from me, which is that I'm always going to be there for you. And that's what it really comes down to. You don't need to, it's not so much about the superficial things, about setting up bowling night or, uh, you know, having drinks on a Friday night. It's really just, for a lot of my really close male friends, we often don't see each other physically very often because of the, the way of our lives. Uh, a lot of us are often very much traveling. Some of us aren't alive anymore. And, but, but the one thing that's constant is that if we ever were, were really in trouble and some shit really went down, we would always be able to come out and we would drop a message and they'll be there. And they'll be there. It's just that, it's more of like, it's just that knowingness that I think is the greatest support you could give a friend. It's not about having to see them every single day or having to see them uh, and do things for them. It's, it's, it's not, it's just, you got their back, you got theirs. That when the hordes are invading, you'd have them next to you defending the wall. That's the type of thing I'm talking about. All right, it's 11.30, but just for fun, I'll answer one more question because that was a quick one. But I do need to go because i got to prep for a very intense client session in a second. Um, got some shit to do with today. Got some intense stuff. I love it though. I love it. Uh, your your tech guru comes in saying, "Hi Adam, we need more sugar daddy discussion videos." Well, you've got a fat one right here. So if you have any more follow up, that's the other thing. If you guys listen to this on the podcast or on YouTube, you got follow up questions about the sugar daddy life. Because uh, I've I've got a wealth of knowledge on this. I have many friends. Uh, that interesting using the word friend there. I've got many. N- connections with sugar daddies i'm very privy to that life i've never been one myself but i have worked with sugar babies and i know sugar daddies so it's something that i've why this this particular podcast was just a joy for me just a joy 
I'm sure some of them will watch this and just laugh the entire time because of how accurate it is. <laughs> and not to mention the fucking sugar daddy message I literally read out at the beginning of this photo. Oh shit, if you didn't hear that because you're in the live stream now, you've got to go back. Um, one more question, one more question. I'll do one, like, because I was, again, that was just a short, that wasn't even a question. Um, okay, so Benji comes in saying, I'm currently speaking to someone who calls me late nights and also early mornings and it's just because she generally wants to speak to me. I've never spoken to anyone before in this sort of way. You know me from back in the day. I'm a big guy, mate, and you know I was quite a shy guy. But pretty much, would you say that since she wants to speak to me, it's a good sign, smiley face. Also, my anxiety gets to me because of this as well. And I come up with loads of different situations in my head, which can lead to some mental struggles from this. Yes. Okay. So there's, there's a bit of, quite a bit of context there. Thank you, Benji. And yes, I don't worry. I remember you. I remember for Call of Duty days for sure. Uh, pop in duck. Justice duck. Uh, Benji. So... He's got a girl, he's calling, her, calling him late night, calling him early morning, just because she generally wants to speak to you. And he's essentially asking me how to interpret this. Well, Benji, I'll save you all the angst, I'll save you all the anxiety, I'll save you all the uh, mental masturbation around this, which is you invite her out. Okay? There's no question. You save this girl, she calls you once, whether she calls you once or calls you a hundred times, it doesn't matter. You invite this girl out, you say, listen, Let's get a coffee. Let's get a tea. You free this Friday? Let's go down the market. Let's go down the beach. Let's go to the park. Let's go chill. Keep it low key. Not restaurant. Not fucking movies. Not some stupid bullshit from uh, any mainstream movie you may have seen. Just low key and chill. Low investment. Just get to see if there's a sexual connection between you two. That's it. That's it. Now I'm sure I just saved you hours and hours and hours and hours and seasons and seasons of episodes in your mind of, oh, does this girl like me? Does this girl doesn't like me? It can all be saved through direct intent, which is, hey, listen, girl, if you're free this Friday or Saturday, whatever, whichever works better for you, let's meet up here, let's chill. All right, maybe here, let's go. That's it. And then you're going to learn through social dynamics to read the sexual cues in front of you, read the girl in front of you, and then throw on this date, and very low-key, very low-chill, very chill, and you're just going to see, is she sexually attracted or not? That's it. That is it. So, my friends... Uh, oh, and the final thing you said there is that also my anxiety gets me because of this as well and comes up with loads of different situations. Oh, so I was bang on. <laughs> so I was bang on. Yeah. So Benji, there's only one thing, there's only one way to get through the fire and that is to walk through it. And only when you walk through it will you realize that that fire was an illusion and was only one foot deep and one foot high. In your mind right now, it's a hundred foot high and a hundred foot deep. But when you walk through the fire, you realize that that is not the case. So, my man... Get back on your path to being a man. Invite this girl out. I want to hear from you. I want to hear back from you. When you invite this girl out, you get on this date with this girl, get back to me. If she's calling you that often, it's a pretty sure bet that she'll come out of you. And you'll get to see what her sexual intent is like and her sexual energy is like. If she doesn't and she makes it really difficult to arrange to come out, then she's just fapping about and then she's just a silly little girl who doesn't know what she's doing. But so you shouldn't be wasting your time with her at that point anyway. Move on. Okay. So, my friends, that has been the social QA live episode Anijasan 23. Social that's Sugar Daddy's explained. I thank you all so much for being here. Uh yeah, before you leave, if you're up in this live stream, please hit that thumbs up down below. It just helps out the channel, helps me out, helps out YouTube and the algorithm, all that, and helps support everything that's going on here. Also, if you haven't yet signed up 
to the Bowl Sip weekly email newsletter, bowldojo.com. Hit your email in, free article on the power of time uh, coming out later today and get your life sorted. That's coming out. Uh, we got some shit coming up. Three videos went up this week. Whole bunch of content. Carnivore Diet Review on Monday went up. Uh, yesterday, Girls of Daddy Issues Explained Part 2 went up. So if you haven't checked those out, go check those on the channel. What else is there? Best place to connect with me outside of YouTube is on Instagram at uitang1, tang one Get there if you're not. And with that being said, wish you guys the best in your lives. Thank you so much for being here. Much peace and much joy. Ciao. Thank you very much, my friends, for diving into this episode of Social Q&A Live. I'd love to have you in the live sessions, actually. So if you can make it, generally speaking, most Fridays at 10 a.m. Australian Central Daylight Time, which is just Adelaide, South Australia. For the foreseeable future, you can join in on these live sessions and get your questions answered live. The best place to connect with me outside of these podcasts and outside of YouTube is on Instagram, at uitang1, spelt O-O-I-T-A-N-G-1. Slide me any DMs there, personal context. You can also shoot me an email at boldoja.com, which is, of course, what this podcast is brought to you by. If you guys would like to pick up my ebook, Crash Course to Kick-Ass Day Game, book one-on-one Skype coaching, or go for that deeper level, Day Game Foundations Bootcamp, all available to you by boldoja.com. And finally, if you would like to send a little something back and just support this channel, support this podcast and everything that I'm doing here, you can do so by donating through the PayPal link, which is paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I, or also directly through boldojo.com in the boldojo podcast section there's a donate link right at the top there anything that you guys do send it goes straight back to this channel and everything i'm doing so i really appreciate it thank you very much and this my friends is where i shall leave you until next time on dragon ball no not on dragon ball z <laughs> i wish <laughs> wishing you the best of your lives much peace and much joy